Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the podcast, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major podcast recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. Today's podcast is going to be a doozy. I'm going to have a recap of all the major things that happened throughout the sports world this weekend. I'm going to touch on the Seahawks recap of the game that it was yesterday, as well as uh, UW, Wazoo, uh, how they're facing off against the teams that are coming in this weekend um first of all i just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening really appreciate the subscribers the ratings as of lately that helps me out a ton Uh, i just want to say thank you i really appreciate that around the world is going to be a shorter section today i'm going to have the the usual uh post weekend recap for nfl main storylines what we can kind of anticipate for coming in coming into the next week uh injury updates fantasy stuff all that all that good jazz if you enjoy the content and haven't already, if you're new or if this is one of your first few times listening to the podcast, welcome. And if you enjoy, please subscribe. Um, I really hate asking people all the time to do it, but it really does help me out a ton. And seeing how this podcast has grown, uh, not just in the US where, I, where I'm from, but also worldwide to Europe and Australia and South America and Costa Rica. It's incredibly uh, humbling. And I just want to say thank you for everybody for listening. Around the world today, is going to start out with the Colts have benched starting quarterback or was starting quarterback Matt Ryan for the remainder of the season. He has a grade two separated shoulder. Sam Ellinger, who was a quarterback for Texas a couple of years ago, will assume the starting quarterback role. The quarterback just woes for uh, Indianapolis. Just, just don't seem to be letting off anytime soon, unfortunately. Ever since they lost Andrew Luck, they've bounced in between quarterbacks. Like people bounce in between different fast food joints that that decide they don't want to cook dinner. Um, it's sad. It really is. You know, Andrew Luck was a great football player. Um, a lot of people actually have told me I look like Andrew Luck. If you know who I'm talking about, you know who, who you are. Um, these are kind of a running inside joke. But the fact that they went through so many quarterbacks, uh, the guy in Cleveland, Brissette. I almost called him Brisket. I actually made one of those yesterday, which was fantastic. <laughs> a little food side note for you guys today. Um, but Indianapolis has just had a bad string of luck with, with with quarterbacks. Carson Wentz was not the answer. Matt Ryan has not been the answer. Brissette has, was pretty good, but they let him go. And now they're on to Sam Ellinger at quarterback. He will be playing for the remainder of the season. So be curious to see what becomes of that. But kind of uh, just feel bad for the Colts or organization and their fans. Jim Irsay has done a really, really pretty good job of building this roster. Um, with Leonard and Payne and their defense is pretty good in general, but just a lack of wide receiver. And the, I mean, yeah, it's a bummer with Jonathan Taylor being injured, but this is kind of what you hate to say you can expect it. Cause obviously injuries, you can't always anticipate, but the amount of effort and the amount of carries that he had last season for, for the Colts should have been a red flag for everybody for fantasy owners in football. That the Colts, I mean, yes, they have Quentin Nelson. Yes, they have uh, Ryan Kelly, the, the center out of Alabama. They do have D, they have good linemen, but they just don't run a very efficient scheme. It's what I'm seeing out of this team right now. It's incredibly, um, what's what I'm looking for? It's incredibly frustrating. You know, I like Taylor. I like Michael Pittman. Um, Naeem Hines has been a pretty good back as, a, as like a, you know, a change of pace back. Marlon Mack was over there, obviously. Now he's gone. Um, I don't even know where he is now. I know he's on a team uh, flying. I believe he's with, uh, I think I look it up. I think he's with the Giants now. Uh, Saquon's back up. I, I have to, to look into that. But overall, I just I just feel bad for, for, for Colts fans. The Colts just cannot get anything right. This is going to be a season where I can guarantee you, Sam Ellinger, this is your opportunity, bud. This is your one true shot to prove to people 
that you have a role and a spot in the NFL. Uh, part, uh, and also, I forgot they had Jacob Eason. Obviously, they drafted him out of UW, like late round, fourth, fifth draft pick. But uh, we'll see what happens if Ellinger can, can bring some juice. He does have some ability to run. He was very mobile in college, but all as we all know, college to the NFL is a much different story. And the, unfortunately, the New York Jets, uh, they have had a huge loss in, uh, this morning as well as late last night. It was confirmed that their star running back or uh, breakout running back, Brees Hall, out of Iowa State, he has suffered a torn ACL as well as a meniscus damage. He is slotted for surgery, and they're... Uh He's not obviously he's a Hall of Fame, but he is a, he was an All Rookie guard and Elijah Vera Tucker. He will be out for the remainder of the season with a tricep injury. Uh, two huge losses for the Jets. They do have Michael Carter out of UNC, uh, who's his second third year back. Who's not? I mean, he's not a bad back, but he's more of a power back than he is elusive. Brees Hall was the he's the full package. I think he'll bounce back well for next season. But with running backs, you never really know. Just a huge bummer. The Jets have been playing great football. But this is a true opportunity for the Jets to evaluate their quarterback and Zach Wilson. I mean, uh, there last week we had the trade rumors coming out that Elijah Moore, the wide receiver they have out of Ole Miss, who played alongside with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, um, that he wanted trade because he wasn't getting his reps, wasn't getting his opportunities. But now this is going to be his shot. Him and Corey Davis are going to have to figure this out. I don't know who their third string receiver is. I know that I, I think Braxton Berrios out of Ohio State still in there. Also, I don't know how well he's incorporated, but this is a great opportunity for Corey Davis and for uh, all the wide receivers in general to prove, along with Zach Wilson, that they're capable of carrying this load. Robert Sala, you have a hell of a uh, hell of a job ahead of you, man. Uh, Brees Hall is making your life a lot easier. Unfortunately, I haven't heard anything about their first round edge rusher. Um, I can't remember his first name off, off the top of my head. I apologize for that. I usually do. But uh, the Jets are in a good position overall, uh, coming off wins in the last couple of weeks. I'll be curious to see how they bounce back after their last game. And uh, f f fingers crossed, because I believe Reese Hall could really change life for the, the Jets. And it's been a long time since the Jets had a good, consistent running back there for them. Um, see here, Yankees are defeated by the Houston Astros 6-5. to Jeremy Pena was the difference in that ball game, uh, posting a home home run. Jeremy Pena is a freaking monster. I don't care who you are. I hate the Houston Astros. I'm a diehard Mariners fan. If you haven't already known, if you're new to this podcast and you're listening now, this guy's like, oh, great. He's just talking crap about the Houston Astros. Uh, I will talk crap about the, the, the Houston Astros. They are a uh, greatly run organization that is one of the softest org organizations in all of Major League Baseball. But that's a different conversation for a different day. I got to give a lot of respect and love for Jeremy Pena. The fact that Houston let Carlos Correa walk when we all anticipate he would return. And then they bring up this kid out of legitimately nowhere. I had no idea he even existed. I'm a big uh, MLB The Show player. There was no face of the future of the star franchise for, for Jeremy Pena. Um, for those of you actually, you know, who play the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. For those who are Madden people or just not a gamer at all, I'm just gonna be speaking Korean, which is totally fine. But uh, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what they if they choose to lock up Pena early. Uh, some reports out of Houston is that they are going to be anticipating to lock him up, similar to a deal for Julio. Obviously, it's not gonna be for 450 million. Probably something similar to the Michael Harris contract for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, maybe the Spencer Strider, but you don't see pitcher contracts in uh, in outfield or actual positional players getting similar contracts, different formats, different breakdowns, different AAVs, which is average per year, um, all that stuff. So be curious to see what happens with that. But congrats to Jeremy Pena and Bryce Harper for winning AL and NLCS MVPs. 
Bryce Harper is having the time of his life. He is the man of Philly. He is the, the Philly special. He is the new cheesesteak in town, whatever you, you, you want to call it. It's been a great time for, for the Phillies. I love Bryce Harper. I love Reese Hoskins, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. This team is uh, kind of, they remind me a lot of what the Mariners could be. They really do. You have a star. They have a Bryce Harper. We have a Julio. They have a good young pitching between Nola and Wheeler. We have Castillo. We have Kirby. We have Gilbert. We have Ray. Um, the bullpen with Sir, Anth- uh, Sir Anthony out of there. They have, you know, Jose Alvarado. They have plenty of talent, especially coming out of the bullpen and starting rotation. They're really deep. Bryson Stott, JT Realmuto is one of the best catchers in baseball. Um, it's going to be a great matchup. It's going to be tons, tons of storylines. I mean, I think the first thing we should probably look at, though, is is how uh, will Jose Altuve, excuse me, hit the baseball at all? He has been god awful this whole postseason for Houston. But yet, Jeremy Pena, Jordan Alvarez, I almost don't want to say his name, but he is great, so I have to mention him. Hoping the Phillies can, can win this. Um, and it would just be great for, for baseball to get Philly back on the map. Uh, it's going to be a great series. I'm anticipating, to be honest with you, based upon how good Houston is, I think this could. I think this will go seven. And if it goes seven, um, I actually I believe because Houston is the number one seed, they'll own uh, home field advantage. So that'd be something to keep an eye on, especially as we get closer to the end of, of the series. And as a uh, we Phillies fans say, go Phillies. And, and Bryce Harper, we trust. Aaron Judge made some comments uh, after the series was uh, came to a wrap and a conclusion yesterday stating that, quote, we've got some time to figure it out. Very simple, very short comment. Pretty much kept it to that about his free agency upcoming time. Um, I'm looking, I saw a Bleacher Report report, or excuse me, a Bleacher Report article today stated that a contract would be three years over $300 million for for Judge. I've saw anywhere between three th- uh, 325 to 360 plus. Us for Judge. Um, be curious to see what team actually goes out and has the for, uh, available money. I've seen plenty of reports about the Giants. I've seen Padres, Gi- or not, excuse me, I've seen Pirates. I've seen Giants, um, obviously Yankees. I heard some funny rumors about going to Boston. That'll never happen. Um, I'd be shocked if, if, if they did. Boston should be rebuilding around Rafael Devers, stuff like that. But there's plenty of free agency uh, coming, uh, excuse me, free agents in free agency coming. The Seattle Mariners are going to have an exceptional time. Uh, trying to figure out which players are going to fit their scheme best. Um, Alexander Bogarts, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, uh, Trey Turner. The list just goes on. It's going to be a super deep class. Brandon Nimmo, Aaron Judge, Mitch Haniger, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw. This is a Brandon Nimmo. It's a really deep free agency class. And uh, time will tell whether or not what happens and comes to fruition with that. And with that being said, it's time for our daily sponsored ad break. Do you enjoy quality, clean energy? Do you crash hard? after the, the, the midday coffee. Check out Dubby Energy. Dubby Energy is a keto-friendly energy option for those who need a little pick-me-up throughout the long workday. No midday crashes or jitters. Dubby Energy provides a boost of tasty and crash jitter-free energy to help you conquer your busy day. Free of, uh, free of artificial colors and dyes, and it's even sugar-free. Use code WSS to get 10% off your order today. Again, use capital WSS to get 10% off your order today. W Energy, D U B B Y Energy dot 
gmail.com. Okay, and that's going to be our sponsored ad break for today. And then we're going to do the NFL recap because yesterday was a tasty, full of headlines NFL day. First off, I got to give a lot of love to Josh Jacobs for powering the offensive attack for Las Vegas yesterday on their much needed win. On the year, Josh Jacobs has 111 carries for 633 yards and six touchdowns. He is becoming, again, a fantasy dream slash nemesis nightmare if you either have him or have to face off against him based upon how Joshy boy McDaniels in Las Vegas I almost said Denver um, is utilizing him it was interesting though at the beginning of the season I remember talking to you guys here on the podcast about how Josh Jacobs was a little bit in flux in question because fantasy owners knew that they had uh, drafted a running back fairly high I believe it was a fourth round pick um they have a they had a deep backfield, plenty of veterans in there. But Josh Jacobs, in a in his money making last year of his contract, has really made it a force and a statement to the NFL that he is not washed up, he has not slowed down, he is if anything getting quicker, he is hungry, he is mean, and currently that pushed them to to the Raiders to two and five on the season, which is tied with the Denver Broncos for last place in the AFC West. However, the discrepancy between the Denver or the Denver and the Raiders compared to the Chargers and the Chiefs. It's uh, it's pretty big. The Chiefs right now are starting to walk away with with this conference. Obviously, things are subject to change. We're still pretty early in the season, but overall, two and five on the season is not what they anticipated for after getting Devonte Adams, and especially with the strong start for Josh Jacobs. Tom Brady and the Bucks look to be in disarray, losing in embarrassing fashion to a Carolina team that has just quite frankly folded. They traded Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco this week. They're bundling up on draft picks. They made it known very clear to everybody that they are not going to trade Brian Burns, DJ Moore, um, Derek Brown, their, their defensive tackle. So it sounds like they're just wanting to be loading up for the upcoming draft. They have plenty of capital to do so. But this whole drama in uh, Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, I don't know if you can call it Tampa Bay anymore because they're playing god-awful football and Tom Brady's leaving practices for Robert Kraft's wedding in the middle of a walkthrough. Um, it's a bad look all the way around. Tom Brady does not look truly invested with his team. He looks like he's just trying to... Uh, uh, go through the motions and expect to show up on Sunday. It's kind of pulling a Jesse Winker. We talked about Jesse Winker last week. I'm not going to get into that again. But uh, the same kind of mantra, just show up and expect to be able to, you know, perform is not is Tom Brady can't do anymore. Father Time is tapping him on the, the shoulder. Some people are going to say, oh, you said this last year and then the year before last. And I have been and I've been wrong. But look at how Tampa Bay is playing. He still has Chris Godwin. He still has Mike Evans. Uh, Julio Jones, they signed thinking he could possibly find the fountain of youth. And I don't think he's found a drop of it yet. But uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are in bad shape right now. Losing to Carolina, not even scoring an offensive touchdown is embarrassing. And they have a short week to, to rebound as they will uh, set off uh, set to face off against the Ravens this week on Thursday night football. Should be a good game. I'm picking the Ravens to win that game. Joe Burrow, Joey Cold Ice B, continues his dominant run as of late, posting a massive game, 481 yards, three touchdowns through the air, along with a rushing touchdown on a QB sneak. Joe Burrow is carrying these Bengals to uh, exactly what we were hoping for as a rebound. He had a terrible start to the season, throwing four picks uh, to start off in week one. He's rebounded beautifully. They've won four of the last five games. The running game has been pretty good, but they did struggle this last week against the Atlanta Falcons, which was a bit which was a bit shocking to say the least. Not saying that the Falcons are a bad team, but they're not exactly known for stopping the run. But Grady Jarrett and those guys did a really good job of frustrating Mixon and the offensive rushing attack for the Bengals. Look for them to get a bounce back this week. Joe Mixon usually does pretty well on a bounce back after a struggle in the previous performance. The lack of wide receiver talent for the Green Bay Packers is starting to rear its ugly head and coming to the surface. 
Aaron Rodgers looked visibly angry with his wide receiver Sunday. Multiple F-bombs were caught on, on their uh, cameras and on their video court, uh, video cameras and stuff like that. Bad look for Green Bay. It's a bad look for Rodgers. Bad look for Matt LaFleur and uh, the, the Rodgers. Uh, this LaFleur-Rodgers thing has been an absolute nightmare. Do not be shocked if something happens in Green Bay. Green Bay is a very prideful town when it comes to their football. Obviously, they've been a perennial powerhouse for years. But the fact that the Vikings are starting to run away with this conference looks uh, pretty bad, especially when you got Kirk Cousins outballing uh, Aaron Rodgers and you just paid Aaron Rodgers the most money of anybody in football per position in the history of football. Three straight losses for the the Packers find themselves uh, with the bullseye. They are double-digit underdogs for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career. Something to keep an eye and note of for the upcoming weeks. Giants win again. Daniel Jones rushed for a career-high 107 yards in the touchdown while throwing for 202 throughout the air and a touchdown as well. Giants are just playing sound, foundational football. Brian Dabble's got these guys playing at an extremely high level. Uh, Thibodeau, Jones, Barkley. Um, I don't know how uh, Kadarius Toney, one of the draft picks from Florida, has been balling out this year and whether or not he's able to perform. But they are playing extremely smart football. They're running, they're running the ball a hell of a lot. They're playing great sound, uh, great sound fundamental defense, and I'm really, I'm really shocked. I can't say anything less. Brian Dabble's turned the, the Giants around to be a very formidable team, and they are set off to face against my Seattle Seahawks on Sunday at home. Chargers, uh, quick thing on the Chargers, and we'll get deeper into it here in a second. Chargers just flat out outplayed, uh, were outplayed at home by by the Seahawks with a huge loss. Ken Walker was the difference by far in this game, rushing for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Herbert was just harassed constantly in yesterday's game. Keen Allen was only able to play a half of yesterday's game, which is a huge loss for them. Looking as though his hamstring injury has not healed yet, uh, not even close to 100% if he's not able to go for a full game. This is a huge loss for them, and I'll be curious whether or not they're able to bounce back and get him uh, more playing time next week, but if he can't play a half of a game this week, I anticipate that they, they just shut him down until he's ready to go. Maybe an IR stint is needed. Who knows, but the Chargers fans have a lot to be upset for. This defense is not good. The Seahawks pretty much just chewed them up. They have the second worst rushing attack defense in all of football. Um, DJ Dallas and... Uh Ken Walker really pounded the way and uh, made a very easy day for Geno and this overall offense to uh, perform and fire on all cylinders. 5.5. Once again, just missing seven passes. Geno is just super accurate. He had a couple uh, overall just after Boye Mafe or before Boye Mafe. Excuse me, Mafe was 42. But Jay Dallas also chipped in with six carries for, for, for 35 yards. So these running backs are averaging well over five, five yards and two touchdowns. He filled in beautifully for, for DK Metcalf, who was carted off in the locker room early after this morning on the Brock and Salk show uh on the excuse me on the Pete Carroll show with Brock and Salk is that he has an issue with his with his patellar tendon surgery is not required uh timeline to returning to practice is TBD as well as playing this week we'll get more information as the week goes on uh there'll be a couple MRIs this week to figure out the extent of the injury for DK Metcalf fingers and toes crossed for that as well because obviously he's a big part of his offense and they paid him a lot of money to help out G uh, Gino and uh get the attention off of Tyler Lockett Defense has really stepped up again in back-to-back -back weeks. My defensive player of the game by far was Ryan Neal. Seven total tackles, one interception, four passes blocked or uh, broken up. Neal was everywhere in this game, showing solid pass coverage as well as the instincts to read and make plays on the ball. He looked very similar to Earl Thomas 
Uh, be curious. I'm not gonna say obviously he is Earl Thomas, but he looked really similar to Earl Thomas with his ability to fly around, and make plays, and uh, having a strong safety who can cover guys like that uh, is a very, very well needed and appreciated weapon on this defense. Uh, Bruce Irvin did a fantastic job yesterday of constantly applying pressure on Justin Herbert, but his bull rush was by far the most effective in yesterday's game, driving uh, those. Uh, I believe it was the backup for Austin Slater. Uh, they're all pro tackle. He really just drove him back into the into the lap of Herbert made this Herbert's life so hard and difficult which is what you want to see out of players like Bruce Irvin who's coming off of a you know uh, you know I'm like he wasn't retired but he kind of came off of the middle of the scrap heap in nowhere and then shows up and has a lot of effort has a lot of juice a lot of strength he looked great in yesterday's game I have not gotten to the to the full Pete Carroll show so when I, I'm sure they'll talk plenty about that um here in a few minutes Daryl Taylor seems to be finding his footing in this new defensive scheme with with, with Clint Hurt I've talked about this at nauseum but he is creating the, the strip sack now in back-to-back -back weeks which is what you want to see especially with how much he struggled to begin the season Interior pass rush was the calling card in this game, though. Shelby Harris, Brian Monet, Puna Ford, Quentin Jefferson, and Miles Adams were all very effective, getting their hands up and uh, deflecting many, many passes from Herbert, frustrating Herbert. Uh, Herbert, with that three-quarter arm slot, was and those defensive linemen were able to get their big paws up and uh, batter and uh, excuse me block those big uh, passes down, which just frustrated him and kind of uh, forced his hand to doing some things he did not want to have to do in that game. Jason Myers continues his strong season going three of three yesterday with a long of 50 yards. But overall, the Seahawks continue to play sound, efficient football. Geno has this team moving in a constant, consistent, positive direction. The rookie class continues to be an incredible thing to see. Ken Walker is becoming a household name. Uh, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Wollin, Boye Mafe, Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, uh, Tariq Wollin. This 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 group is incredibly deep. A lot of these people, a lot of the analysts and big time ha head honchos for ESPN and Fox and ABC and uh, all those guys are really starting to give some love to this draft class for how good they've been. And uh, just got to give them a lot of love and praise because without them, we would not be in the position that we are today. Getting the pass rush uh back to be it's a constant factor along with the rookie corners and dominant run game Pete Carroll has once again found the fountain of youth the they are set to face off against a talented 6-1 Giants team with a lot of momentum behind them they are currently three-point favorites at home be curious to see what ends up becoming of this but the Seahawks are playing great football, so this matchup should make for a great Fox matchup. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens and who the commentators will be. Rumor has it it will be Mark Schlereth, uh, the stink tank, as I as they like to call him on uh, Wyman and Bob. But uh, Seahawks playing great football. I'm really impressed with, with Pete. Uh, having a little bit more, uh, having a little bit more emotion this year with uh, and a little more communication with uh, Gino and this team. This is the by far the best uh, Seahawks looking team I've seen in years. And even with Russell Wilson and everything obviously being gone, this team is playing sound football. They're not playing outside of themselves. They're playing very calculated, smart football. And the defense is starting to really come into their own. And this is a great calling card for Clint Hurt in his first year as defensive coordinator. College football recap, and then we're we're out for today. UW beat Cal this weekend, 28-21, obviously led by Michael Penix, 36-51 through the air. 374, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, McMillan and Odunze led the way receiving for the Dogs, both hauling in over 60 yards. Total yards for UW was 476 to Cal's 306. Just so much firepower on the end of UW. Kalen DeBoer has got this team playing hard. They did have a rough loss last week. They were able to bounce back with a win this week. That's what you want to see. They are set off to face against Oregon State. 
State at home. And I'm sure the main conversation this week or one of them will be getting the penalties in order. They had nine total penalties this last week against Cal. That cannot happen this week against Oregon State. Oregon State is a much better team this year than Cal is. Wazoo was on a bye week this last week. They are set off to face against number 14, Utah at home. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, whatever y'all call it over there in Pullman, uh, will be rocking and roaring. Utah is coming in, number 14 team in the nation. This is going to be a really tough test for, for, for Wazoo and Cam Ward. Utah is averaging 192 yards on the ground. That's going to be something very difficult to stop, or probably the Cowboys is not going to stop. But at least slow it down. Um, I hope Wazoo can get a win in this game. That'd be huge for the the program. A big statement for the upcoming recruits coming in, uh, considering they're considering, uh, considerably that they are trying to build back what they lost after Mike Leach was gone and the uh, Nick Rolovich nightmare that it was. Overall, plenty of good things this week in the football and sports landscape. Um, if you guys want some NBA stuff, I know some of you guys are on the NBA. Some of you really could give a you know what's left. Please let me know on any social media platform possible. You can find me at Twitter at capital P and W professor. You can find me uh, on Instagram under uh, underscore first last name uh, Facebook group on there. It's my my main calling. It's called sports in the Northwest with the green insignia uh, Mariners teal uh, sign there for you guys. And uh, as I always say, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Uh, this is a part about the normal length here, 26 ish minutes for you guys guys today. I'll be doing a recap of the Monday Night Football game tonight between the uh, Patriots and uh, man, I feel bad for not remembering who they're face off against. That's my bad. But anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate you guys' time out of your busy day. CS Rise, Go Hawks, and, uh, and Gino, we trust. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. Peace.